Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for listening. Haven't recorded anything for, I don't know, five or six days, I guess. Um, just had a lot going on. I'm, I'm happy to report that I'm driving out to work today in, in the new-to-me truck. Um, finally got everything worked out and uh, all the details. Just some, Just some funny things like, and I won't share all the details just for personal reasons, but when I started looking into buying this truck three weeks ago, um, I thought it would be, you know, obviously if I felt like I was to buy it and was going to move forward with doing it, I thought it would be, you know, relatively quickly. It's a dealership I'm already in that I work for every week. And so I was going to trade in my work truck and get this one. And I don't think I mentioned in the other podcast episode, I know I brought it up, but like in the tiny window of me deciding I was going to buy this truck, um, there were some details that were going to be submitted to um, the CEO president of the the dealership um, as far as some in-house credit type stuff for me to work off. Uh, to go towards the purchase price. And, and there was a death in his family. And so he was out of touch uh, for a week plus. Um, the deal that I worked out with the used inventory sales manager who gave me specific numbers and, and we went back and forth and this and that and the other. Um, I was trying to contact him a week, 10 days ago. And he said, well, you're going to have to talk to somebody else because I got terminated. Um, Then the other guy that I was trying to talk to, he's too busy to to deal with it. And so (laughs) I tell you what, it's been quite comical to uh, endure the process of of buying this truck. And and I'm just thankful this morning, my first morning out in it, as silly as it is, um, just the... I don't know, just the satisfaction in, in, in things just going well from a natural perspective, yet decided and arrived upon via spiritual principles. You know, many people, even Christians, I would assume, would probably say it's silly to like get real serious and scrutinize like even buying a 2006 truck. I mean, it's not like I went out and bought some maxed out loaded you know $70,000 pickup or anything like that I mean that's a whole nother venture that would I think I hope somebody would fast and pray before doing that but you know maybe somebody would think that it's just kind of silly to be so serious about even even buying something like this and but just the reality of it is is like I feel like Everything that we give ourselves to should be according to the spiritual principles that are at work in our life and believing that God does have a will for us and that it's not laborious or like, oh God, how do I ever find your will for my life? Not like that, but just in a, in a yielded submission in waiting and in stillness and um, really allowing the Spirit of God to direct us even in matters such as this. And and really, for me, who always 
puts a lot of thought into decisions. I mean, not always. I mean, not with every single thing in my life, but I generally, at this point in my life, at this age, I mean, of course, I was impulsive in my 20s and in in 30s. I was impulsive. I would just buy stuff and make poor decisions and just be flipping about it because of, you know, a, uh, an impulsive desire. Like, I want this, and and I would just do it. And, well, yeah, I prayed about it, and, you know, but, like, and then, of course, having the other side of things, the second-guessing, the you get what you want, and then you second-guess yourself, and maybe in, in, in certain occasions you have regret, and, and so you just kind of go back and forth along those lines of, bad decision making and then you reap the consequences. My younger days were absolutely full of endless examples of reaping the consequences of my poor decisions that in many cases were financial. I mean, they were in many areas of my life, but finances was was one of them. Just bad impulse decisions that like I didn't think through and I didn't even give God a true opportunity to wait on him. And I say all that to say, like, in this, as light and trivial as it is, yes, I just knew I was supposed to buy this truck. Now, I can't explain. How do you explain things like this? Like, really? Uh, uh, um, a feeling, uh, a confidence and assurance on a matter. It's like, I don't know. I just... I knew that this was a wise move for us. I knew it was a wise decision. I'm not making it super spiritual. I'm not hyping it up in order to uh, validate any kind of decision or anything like that. Well, this, this, this reasoning, it's not solely based on um, like natural circumstances. It was something that like I just, I just knew. I felt a confidence and a clarity to like this is this is an opportunity for us to 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 have this truck and, and again people my I I don't know I'm so critical of myself I'm like somebody out there is going to think golly Joel does everything have to be spiritual I mean does everything have to be such a big deal well I don't know that's just how I function that's how I operate I don't know I don't think that's a bad thing as long as it's in maturity and like our hearts are truly like, Lord, I just want to hear you. I believe that you want to give us direction. You want to assist us even in basic decision making. Um, and I, you know, I believe my life has evidence of that. I don't know. I just think God honors our intention to just be yielded to his will and not just be moved by what we want. Or even what makes sense. Well, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Let's do that. Well, you know, we lean not on our own understanding. And 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 that's a broad statement um, from the Scriptures. Um, anyway, I'm just thinking this morning, though, not necessarily along those lines. I was just talking to the Lord as I'm going out about just the, the feeling of something new. The feeling of something new and and how the scripture talks about our first love reality. Um, That experience, the the first time, the one time experience being born from above, born again, regenerated, 
saved, delivered, whatever we all want to call it. Everybody brands it as something. But the biblical transaction of being moved from the domain of darkness to the to the um, kingdom of light, the 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 dwelling place transition. Um, that work, that supernatural work that takes place in the heart of a man where his heart is exchanged and he's made new. And like, what in the world is better than the new? I mean, just think of things in your life, like whether it's a vehicle like I'm experiencing this morning, when you purchase a new house, like And new can be defined as different. I mean, new, like this truck, is new to me. It's not new. I mean, it's almost 14 years old, but it's it's new. It's something different. It's a it's an exchange was made yesterday for my old for something new. And I was just thinking this morning just about that, even can we just rightly say that emotion that feeling of the new, the greatness of the new, and how it would be good for us to walk in that joy of the new, that that daily recognition and vibrancy and life that, you know what? Today, I'm a new creation. The old has passed away. All things have become new. His mercies are new every single morning. God, Yahweh, is the God of the new. He is all about the new. He gives the newness of life. He's made all things new. He has made me a new creation. The awesome work of God is a creator and a recreator. That is the work of His hands. He makes all things new. And friends, I just, I just want to walk in that. I want, I want the body of Christ to walk in that newness of life and not this mundane drudgery. I listened to a sermon that a, a dear brother in Georgia sent me a, a link for from, from um, his fellowship down there. And it was just about the, the spiritual reality. The message was basically about the afterlife and the in-between. Um, the Abraham's bosom paradise reality and the, the hope that's set before us. And it was so applicable to me because I've just... In, in the midst of everything else going on in my life over the last couple of months, there's just been a real grace of God upon my life to walk in light of the brevity of my days and just the vapor of a life for my son, for our families. The grass that, that is here today and, and burns up and blows out tomorrow, I mean, Every single thing that, that we give such weight to in this natural life, what we eat, what we drink, and all the things the scriptures say, you know, the warnings are like, you're so captivated by your bellies. That's even a, 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 um, a uh, prophecy of the days to come. It's, 
is the age, the generation in the last days will be basically lorded over by their bellies, their, their gluttonous desires. Why? To cater to this temporal, natural flesh man that is destined to die. Yet we put so much effort and time into what is dead and what is life, what is eternal, often becomes second place. And friend, I just feel such a such an urge, and, and that's where I, I landed at the end of that message, is like the joy that's set before us, in part, is the leaving behind of this body of sin and death. I don't know how we get to a place, really, and I know it's incremental, but like how do we get to a place where we literally live according to a lot of the things that Paul stated in just the scriptural context of, of course, what Jesus taught, that this life is a mere blip on the timeline of all of eternity. That I don't, I, I'm just saying in like absolute honesty, I don't know how to get to that place where everything that it seems demands my attention here and now rightly becomes in its proper place as entirely temporal. I believe it's true. I study that. I read that. I do believe it. I do believe it. And I feel like I have an understanding of that. But I'm also equally convinced that there's somewhere in me, someplace in me, that does not live as if that's so. I don't live driven by the lusts and cravings of my flesh. I just don't. I know that I don't because I know what I was like my whole life when I was. Is it still a daily choice, a moment-by-moment wrestling and grappling? Absolutely. Do I gratify my flesh? Absolutely. But I don't feel like I'm lorded over by it anymore. I don't feel like it has its way in me. I will admit, just in an absolute true confession, I do believe caffeine presently has some rule over me. A couple weeks back, I didn't drink my afternoon coffee. I woke up at 3 in the morning and I had the most excruciating migraine that I felt like a freight train was driving through the center of my head. And I was so convicted. I'm like, my body is demanding something of me. And in that moment, I went to the fridge and I drank some iced coffee. Why? I needed, I needed help. My body was shouting at me, give me caffeine. And friend, what things in our life, in our lives are like that? What things may be more subtle, maybe more emotional, maybe more entertainment-based or satisfaction, comforts of life? How that being an example in the natural, like a, a physical thing. But I mean, how many things exist in our life? We're the dead man, okay? Now, if we believe what we say, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. Okay, well, Jesus the Christ lorded over his flesh and was not in any way guided and swayed and ruled over by his flesh man body as fully man. 
Well, what do I do with that then? What do I do with that being a spiritual truth, but a not yet in the daily function of my life in entirety? What do I do with that? Well, I have to, I have to face it first and foremost. I have to present it to the Lord and say, God, this isn't right. This isn't right. This isn't okay for me. Help me, please. Help me, God. Give me more self-control, more denial of myself. Why? Because I've been given a newness of life. Okay, what did we talk about weeks ago about the freedom and liberty? I have been set free. It is for freedom that I've been set free. I have been set free from this yoke of slavery to sin and bondage to my flesh, man, so that I can walk above that in that exchange lifestyle, living as a spiritual man, Jesus the Christ, in this physical body, performing the works of God on this earth, free from those slavery to sin bondages. And that is, to me, that's the sanctification work of every man in Christ Jesus. That again, in our day and age, just gets written off as, well, that's legalistic works. You can't earn anything. And I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this to my grave. We're not talking about earning God's favor. We're not talking about getting on God's good side. We're talking about living holy as he is holy consecrating ourselves, separating ourselves from this body of flesh to the best that we can, looking unto our hope and our future, the prize set before us because that alone is the ultimate reward that's before us that we are now preparing ourselves to attain. And not just attain, to actually become, to become those men. It is my obligation to put my trajectory towards what I will be. It does not yet appear what we will be. No, that's right. It's before me, but that's not an excuse to say, hey, I'm not perfect in Jesus yet. Sorry. No. I am to become like him. Put on his mind. Add his attributes. Walk guided by the Spirit. In the newness of of life, daily walking in the newness of life. The joy of being regenerated that me, the worst of all sinners, has been made new. So first and foremost, friends, have you been made new? Like, are you absolutely sure? Or are you a flesh man trying to be better? That's something I had to reckon with. My wife really reckoned with that five, six years ago. Is like, I can never really seem to be changed, like for real, for good. Maybe I'm not empowered to be changed yet. Maybe I was never empowered by the regenerative power of God to actually become a new creation. Maybe I've been trying in my own best efforts instead of empowered by His Spirit. We need to know. Are we natural, carnal men trying to just will ourselves to be like Jesus, yet not empowered by His Spirit, and we have not yet been made new? We've not made the transfer? We're trying to be a resident 
and an ambassador for a kingdom that we do not rightfully dwell in yet? We have to know. And if we do know, are we living accordingly? To the first love reality of, wow, me, I have been made new. I have literally been made from something that was just disgustingly, like, detestable in God's sight, and rightly so, I have been deemed righteous by the Son, covered in that sanctification blood, the cleansing blood of Jesus that enables us to move forward, being changed, newness of life, from glory to glory to glory, from faith to faith to faith, a maturing, a changing, building upon the foundation Brick upon brick upon brick upon brick until the temple of God, the individual and the corporate is being established in God's people on the earth. A newness of life reality, a beautiful depiction of the new. So be encouraged today, friends. We have been given new life, abundant life. It's time I believe we start acting like it. I would say, though, I feel something about this. I think the problem is we're trying to act like it, but yet it's not genuine and experienced in many cases. I saw this throughout youth when I was a youth pastor. Year after year, child after child after child after child, convinced they were a believer, they had been baptized, they had become a member of the church, they had gone to Sunday school, they helped with the children in the nursery, their parents were deacons, their parents were organ players. Of course they're Christians. Of course they know Jesus. Well then, Joel, why do I never, ever, ever feel different? Why do I never feel powerful enough to say no to anything that's wrong? I would say, as I said then, and I say with much more conviction and clarity now, maybe you've never experienced the regenerative work of God for real. And you're trying to walk and do something according to a, to a measure that you have to be empowered to execute and walk in yet you lack the power and the actual ability to do it because you've never had the transfer. You've never been regenerated and made new. And so therefore, you're trying to be like Jesus, yet you're entirely incapable because you're not new. You've not been made new. And so for anybody listening that has that question, like, oh, maybe I've not been made new. If that's a question, friend, embrace that. Sit down and stare at that question. Meditate on that. We must know. And if there's anything in us that does not want to ask that question and find a place of absolute confidence and clarity and, and like good conscience of like yes and amen, we have to acknowledge and be okay with the maybe not, maybe not, that's okay, but we must know. We cannot fake it into the kingdom. We cannot fake it into newness of life 
by just thinking good enough. We must have the transition reality moved from death to life. If anybody out there has any questions or anything, email me a question. Message me on Facebook. Find me. Ask questions. Let us pray. I mean, we know how to pray for one another so that we have these things concrete in us. We're so afraid. We're so afraid like people who've been in the church 20 years and have this question of, well, maybe what if I'm not a believer? So many times I'm a, I think they're so afraid of exposing that question because what if I, the enemy would say, you can't do that. You would look like a fool. You've been a leader, a Sunday school teacher, a pastor. You can't ask that. What would that say about the power of God? That is the power of God. <laughs> we have to change our thinking. Newness of life. May that be so for his body on the earth. Amen.